King of us all, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, to whom is glory forever. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called the little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into the everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. In the Gospel this morning, we hear our Lord Jesus Christ speaking about little children. He tells us that unless we become like little children, we by no means enter the kingdom of God. What exactly does our Lord Jesus Christ mean by this? Essentially, when he's talking about becoming like little children, he means to become like little children in regards to sin. For example, a person, a man or a woman who has uh, completely mortified the flesh, putting to death, like St. Paul says, by the Spirit, the deeds of the flesh, to such a degree that they are like little children who have not even tasted sensual pleasures at all. 
and they have no uh, like so they have no even conception of the impulses of adulthood and so they've become like little children practically this means for us to guard our eyes carefully so so that we can avoid temptation a child has the advantage of never having been exposed for example to lustful images but once we as adults have been exposed we need to be hyper vigilant so as to not trigger thoughts that can lead to desires that can lead to actions what do i allow myself what do i allow my children to watch is it sexually explicit is it sexually suggestive you know i'm not simply talking about things as christians that we should definitely avoid like pornography i mean even less explicit things like you know tv and netflix and conversations with our friends that can later make war in our minds and allow us to fall in lust but it's not only actually the arena of lust uh that sexual sin and sexual sin in which we need to be made like little children or converted into little children there are other afflictions other sicknesses of the soul that we as adults fall into that children and that those who are converted into children are able to overcome for example we need to be like children in respect to anger and in regards to grief children are resilient able to forgive those who hurt them and wrong them i see this every day with my own children one minute my son is punching my daughter and the next minute they're playing together like it never happened you never see for example a 7 year old say oh i don't you know i don't talk to billy anymore because back when we were 4 years old he stole my playdough and I, i can't associate myself with you know thieves right contrast that with us how many of us have opportunities for repentance and for growth when it comes to this are we harboring ill will towards someone who hurt us to someone who wronged us have people tried to reach out to you ask for forgiveness and you withheld it or refused it have people made good faith efforts to right wrongs that they have done to you and you've not allowed them to if this is the case it's an area for us for reflection why am i withholding forgiveness what do i gain what do i stand to lose both here on earth and in eternity if i'm not willing to forgive my brother or my sister just to be clear here forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean or doesn't necessarily always mean a return to our former state if someone has proven themselves time and again to be hurtful to you spiritually emotionally physically you're not under any obligation to continue to allow them to be close enough to you to continue to hurt you we are called to love called to forgive but god doesn't force us to put ourselves in dangerous or unhealthy situations Actually the Bible is very clear that we should avoid those kind of people. In Proverbs it says, "He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets; therefore do not associate with one who flatters with his lips." So here's a clear warning from the Bible. If someone is a gossip and they've gossiped against you, you can forgive them and you should forgive them. But if someone is a gossip who constantly reveals people's sins and embarrassing things, or if someone is a flatterer who tries to use their words to get what they want do not associate with them so the bible says there's a difference between by the way someone who commits this sin 
that is out of character, and someone who repeatedly does this so that it is part of their character. But the point is that there is room to not associate with someone because of sin. Proverb warns us again about friendships with those who are angry. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man do not go, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. So we see in these verses, you have to love everyone, you have to forgive everyone, but you don't have to be everyone's best friend. Space is warranted in some particular situations. It's good to get the advice of your spiritual father to understand what forgiveness may look like in each particular situation. Sometimes when we say we need to forgive, we automatically assume that this means I need to come back to the exact former state that we were before the transgression. And that's not necessarily the case. Going back to the qualities of children, another wonderful quality that little children have is their lack of awareness when it comes to wealth, social status, race, education. All the things that we are tempted as adults to judge a person by, they don't. If you put a group of young kids together, you'll never find them asking what each other does for a living, what kind of car they drive. They're not asking them where they were born or what school they go to. Children don't judge in this way. Children judge like our Lord Jesus Christ said, with righteous judgment. Does this kid play nice with me? Does this kid share? Does he hurt me? As long as those questions are sort of satisfactorily answered, the children remain unconcerned with anything else. So I should ask myself, do I size up the people around me by what they do? By how much schooling they've completed? By the color of their skin? By whether they're male or female? If I do those things, I have yet to become like little children. And our Lord Jesus Christ was very clear in the Gospel today that we cannot enter the kingdom of heaven in this state. He says, unless you become like little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. If you could use one word to sum up what our Lord Jesus Christ was describing in these children, though, he was speaking of humility. The interesting thing is that Christ doesn't even just stop there. He doesn't say you need to become like little children in order to the king, enter the kingdom of God. He goes further. He says, whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So not only if you become like a child, would you receive a blessing and a great reward, but also for if for the sake of Christ, you honor others who are as children, you'll be rewarded in heaven. Actually more than a reward. He says that when you receive them, you're actually receiving me. According to St. John Chrysostom, he's not just talking about literally children. He means also men and women who are simple, who are lowly, who are humble. People who others might view as less than or lowest in society. Should be reminded here about the context of this whole conversation that our Lord Jesus Christ is having with His disciples in the Gospel. If you remember the first verse that we read from this passage this morning, it says, At the time the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And we know from other passages in the Bible that the disciples were actually very concerned with who would be great in heaven. And they had a very worldly view of authority and power and honor that Christ was trying to admonish, trying to rebuke, trying to teach, to help them to see what true leadership and true honor looked like. 
It's a very human tendency to think of greatness in terms of power and in terms of authority. And that still exists with us today and we have to be active and intentional about fighting it. It exists where we work. It exists in various services in the church. It exists everywhere. Christ is reminding us here, the people who you think are important, the people that you think need the most love and the most honor, the most respect, they aren't the only ones I care about. I care about the people who are forgotten. I care about the people who are quiet. Those who never complain. Those who never make a noise. When you care about those people, Christ says, you care about me. And he says that why? Because he truly was that type of person when he was incarnate on earth. Right? He came having, like the Bible says, no reputation from, no, from nowhere, with nothing. And so receiving those who are like that is literally receiving him. So practically, how does that look? Here in church, it looks like being welcoming to everyone who walks through those doors. You know, actually people tell me the most interesting things about some of the interactions with churchgoers the first time that they come to church. And it would actually be very funny if it wasn't really sad. I've had people tell me that, people say to them, you know, when they're coming for the first time, why are you here? They say, why are you here? <laughs> you know, why am I I'm here for my salvation like everybody else? What do you mean, why am I here? You know, it's a funny, it's a funny question. I've had people tell me that They've said, I've heard people say to them, you know, you don't belong here. Or you're only here to find a wife. Some of the, like I said, funniest things. If it wasn't so sad, the amount of harm, something that you think is a joke can do. You never know the heart of someone who is coming for the first time. Maybe they haven't been to church in forever. Maybe something pushed them to come today. Maybe they felt far from God and knew that they had to come back. Maybe they didn't fit in at the church or churches that they went to, and they decided, I want to give God one last chance, and they've come. And us, by sort of trying to be funny, trying to joke, have created a reason for them to turn away from God. Proverbs says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I was only joking. So instead of a joke, I could consider a sincere comment that will allow you to receive one of these little children as receiving Christ. It's really great that you came today. I'm happy to see you here. Can I help you with anything? Our Lord Jesus Christ actually he reiterates the importance of doing this by then speaking about the opposite. What's the punishment? He says first, whoever receives these little children receives me. Then he talks about it in the negative. What is the punishment? Instead of receiving a little one, if I cause a child to stumble. He says, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. But first I want to point out sort of something that may look like an inconsistency. If Christ talks about little children as being what we need to be in order to enter the kingdom of God, why would little children be the type of people that would stumble? Right, he says, whoever causes one of these little ones to stumble, and then he gives the punishment. But if children are what we're supposed to be, how could they be so easily stumbled? Why does he say this warning about causing little ones to stumble? 
According to origin, those who are on their journey towards becoming little children have been transformed into little children but have not gained all the qualities of children yet. So for example, they have been transformed into little children but maybe have fallen short of being completely little children in every aspect. For example, some of the passions that I mentioned in the beginning. So they're still in the process and still of course able to stumble. And so again, because this commandment was given in the context of greatness, who's going to be great in the kingdom of heaven, we can meditate on what it means to be a stumbling block in this point by means of arrogance. Nothing is worse than arrogance. It takes us sort of out of our natural senses. If someone who was five feet tall came, came into church and said with a serious face that, you know, I can beat LeBron James one-on-one -on -one in basketball, for example. And if they would seriously believe it, if they would seriously believe that, you would use that statement as proof that there's something going on in their head. Something is wrong. They might be out of touch with reality. In the same way, when a person is arrogant, thinking of themselves superior to everyone, thinking that they are debasing themselves by associating with certain people or speaking with a certain crowd, that statement should be the part where I need no further proof that they're also out of touch with reality. Because when will a person like this come to knowledge of any of their own sins? When will they perceive that they are offending? And the punishment for those who cause others to stumble because of arrogance is severe. To be drowned in the sea is better than to be punished by God for causing others to fall out of our arrogance. So today Christ calls us to humility. He teaches us how to be great by being ignorant towards sin, by putting others first, by receiving the least of society as you would receive Christ Himself, and to search our hearts for arrogance in order to snuff it out. May we truly become like little children, strengthened by the grace of the Holy Spirit, and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.